You're listening to the Trash to Cash podcast. Trash to Cash is an EU-funded research project aiming to create new regenerated fibres from pre-consumer and post-consumer waste. It's also pioneering a whole new approach to developing materials. Find out more on our website, trashtocashproject.eu, or by subscribing to our podcast through iTunes. Welcome to another Trash to Cash podcast, and today I'm with Christian Tobito in Milan. I came over yesterday to give a talk about Trash to Cash to a very impressive room full of people at the Smart City exhibit, and we were able to present Trash to Cash and think about the different roles of designers in the future for the circular economy. And so I've taken the opportunity to sit down this morning with Christian and talk about the project. Christian works at Material Connections Italia, based here in Milan. It's one of many global offices located across three continents with incredible material libraries, multiple satellite libraries set up in different organisations. It has an astounding collection of materials, hard, soft, recycled, sustainable, (laughs) non-sustainable. And everybody who works there are multidisciplinary experts and they basically provide material knowledge and solutions to the entire design industry. So welcome today, Christian. Thanks, Mackie. Nice <laughs> to be here. It's great to be here in Milan. We've had fantastic weather. We've had a really great time. Um, lots of interesting people on your panel line up yesterday talking about the circular economy. And uh, it's really nice to be able to be working on a project which has, well, the focus really is on how we're working together and the collaboration as well as understanding and evolving the technologies together as well. Yeah, the title of the talk was really interesting also about the panel discussion that is fashioning a circular industry that is a very challenging, let's say, topic nowadays. Yeah, how we all work together to create this circular uh, industry. It's um, lots of people have a real problem to imagine it as a connected set of circles and not just a linear take-make-waste model. So it's a, it's a real challenge ahead for all of us. And I think we're really glad to have the Trash to Cash project as an opportunity to probe and explore new ways that we can approach working together. So let's start off anyway, Christian, with our questions. What is your background and your particular area of expertise and how did you come to work at Material Connections? Well, my background is related to design, design culture mainly. Uh, I, am, uh, I have a master's degree in uh, industrial design at Polytechnico of Milan and my specialization uh, was in strategy design, so the intangible side of design. And Emilio Genovesi, the CEO of uh, Material Connection Italia, um, with which I previously worked, so he knew me, called me to introduce a more strategic vision in the consultancy of the companies in order to um, use design thinking in the consultancy and the technology transfer for the companies. So because nowadays is no more, let's say, sufficient a very technological approach also to the material and innovative materials and technology but it's necessary to understand the value maybe of of a brand or a company and the identity of a product in order to choose the right materials also so there is also a sphere that is not mainly technological 
that is made of soft qualities, is made of um, identity of the material that is possible to transfer also in the identity of a product or a solution and so on. So your, it's your sort of design thinking and communications and strategic abilities that the CEO is interested in, in bringing into material connections. Exactly, yes, because we work also with uh, uh, material manufacturers mm. and they mainly want to improve also their material solution in order to offer better materials to the market. And mm. some uh, times they need to understand what are the future trends mm. you know, in the material field and uh, in order to characterize their material. And so it means that, you know, design culture is able to forecast a little, for, foreseen a little bit what will happen in the next future, you know, the ability of design thinking to have this kind of a visioning of what could happen. Uh, we always ask about the kind of space you work in. What does your office look like? Can you paint us a picture of, of where you work? Yeah, let's say it's an open space full of materials, <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I work in a, a room, of course, with the core research group, and it, it is also an open space in some way because we are four or five people there, and then there are other colleagues in the other office, but the main part of our office is dedicated to the library, the material mm. library, so we are... Uh, surrounded of samples of materials and samples of processing technologies, you know, and technologies and so on. How to say, you have to image a library, yeah. but rather than books, there are materials. Yeah, so when you, colors and yeah, textures. Exactly. When you went to a bookshop, you feel surrounded of stories and culture and so on, and when you uh, come in uh, in the material library, you are surrounded of innovation and, mm. you know, a different kind of touch, different kind of feeling of with materials, different colors, different mm. kind of categories of materials. So it's very inspiring. Mm. Yeah. Has it changed much in the time you've been there? Are you sort of having less plastic and more natural yeah. composites or what's the, what's the sort of general change? The general change are bio-based materials, yes, let's course. say. Also, in the last period, we receive a lot of, let's say, digital materials, that is the materials for uh, 3D printing. Mm. There is a big evolution on that. Mm. Also, textile film, because um, textile industry is one of the industries that create a lot of innovation in some way, you know, in terms of structure of the materials, because the machinery, they are very... And they have a very fast development, the machinery manufacturing, let's say. So, yeah, it's changed because at the beginning it was more related to um, performance innovation, you know. Uh, so with future features of materials that have to perform something. Nowadays, uh, the more, of course, topic is the sustainability. So they have to be recyclable or they have to have uh, re uh, recycled contents and they have not to have chemicals. So... Let's say that the performance now is a standard. Mm. The main topic is this kind of, you know, aspect related to the sustainability. So, yeah, this change in the years, but let's say that the library is always the same because we use this kind of format that is a tabula in which there is the samples described a little bit and then there is the uh, database, online database. And so... The format of the library is always the same. What changes is the contents, mm. you know, the material samples. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very amazing and it's very inspiring. 
I need to think about not just a consultancy project or something related to materials at all, also to have new thinking. I go through the libraries mm. looking for materials and, you know, in order to have an insight or uh, generate new yeah. thoughts yeah. in some way. Yeah. Isn't the material connections saying every problem has a material solution? Yeah, exactly. Like that. So you believe that definitely. Yeah. Can... yeah, because at the end, we leave the world through materials in mm. some way. We are mm. surrounded of stuff and these stuff are made of materials. So mm. in order to know uh, and have knowledge of the world in our daily life also, we use sense and sense means touch something and this something is made of materia non-material so yeah i think that the material have an important role also because if you consider when a material connection is born mm -hmm. in uh, 1994 in new york uh, in that period the world goes through the digitalization of everything you know so the immaterialization the there was a lot of discussion about this topic and um, the idea of the founder of material connection George Bellerian was the opposite he said no indeed the material became more and more important not just in terms of performance but really in terms of provide new sensoriality provide new feeling of what is the world you know it's like the rush to digitize everything and for everything to go online and the explosion of the internet you know, you might imagine that the idea of a library full of materials could be very quickly dated, but the opposite was true. Actually, people quite quickly realised that the sensory and the, the real object would be very important um, to experience. Yep. How did you get involved in the Trash to Cash project and what immediately interested you at the start of the project? We was in contact with one of the partners of the Trash to Cash project, it is Meyer one of the partners in the automotive sector of the Trash to Cash project. And we was working on a project proposal related to the call of the Horizon 2020 program. That is the call related to Trash to Cash. After several weeks uh, in which we was thinking, you know, what kind of idea would more interesting for this call and so on, sharing knowledge about experience and so on. They come out with these news related to this interesting project with a not defined consortium related to textile waste, processing technology related to regeneration and so on. And I find it quickly interesting because this is a very, not at that time, but mainly today, very interesting topic, the textile mm. waste, because it's a kind of waste that nowadays go in the landfill, incinerator, so it's a big, huge problem. And so mm. I said, this is a very powerful topic. And so Maya introduced me to the, at the time, was the coordinate of the project proposal. And it was very interesting, the first uh, contact, let's say, because when they sent to me the pro project proposal at that time, it was totally technological-driven proposal. Mm. But the call refers to new way to develop material, you know. Mm. And we start to discuss with the coordinator, that is Rice, and we start to sharing our perspective. And they quickly understand that a design-driven approach was better rather than a technological-driven approach. And we start to build project proposal mm -hmm. and was totally 
natural and you know so you say design driven approach is better you mean for the call or you were able to convince them quite quickly that <laughs> that, that that design could be a front ending process to all of their scientific work <laughs> no uh, for the call yeah. of course but also for the ambition of the project mm. because some of the processing technology involved in the trash to catch project was not new so propose the improvement of this technology in the usual way seems to me at least a little bit traditional in some way and also the call asked for a new approach to the development of new materials for the creative sectors or the creative companies so i told them look if we work in this way the role of design will be at the end of this value chain in some way if we introduce the design at the beginning of this value chain maybe design can provide some inputs to the R&D that usually have not the ability to of envisioning or foresee mm. you know or take into account the social cultural trends and so on so this was the main idea so I don't say that the design driven approach is mm. better than the technology development but in mm. some case in a specific field or in considering the aim that you want to achieve the big aim that you want to achieve it it can be a very interesting approach let's yeah, say yeah yeah you became the main facilitator for the trash to cash project bringing that understanding of the challenge of putting the creative process at the front end rather than having design at the at the end of the project just styling the new materials what's it been like as as the main facilitator you know what's your experience of coordinating all these different disciplines and these work packages and tasks let's say that there is not a very big experience i mean in our daily consultancy activity we manage different competencies or expertise we face with the companies and inside these companies we can talk with how i said before engineering uh, with the designers with uh, business people and you have to be able to in some way translate their needs in something that then is understandable also from other departments in the same companies so these um, mainly the experience is not just related to european project but also in this kind of interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary talking let's say talks with with people the main challenge in this project is to stay always on track and informed about the project implementation and the activities and about issues related mm. to this implementation of the project so sometimes you have also to prevent the issues or foreseeing the issues mm. in order to set up a plan that the issues don't compromise the work of the other yeah, people in the project it's yeah. hugely complicated to sort of first of all challenge the traditional way that people work then to bring together such a diverse group of people then to give us the challenge of creating something from waste with new technology or technology that's in development and sort of over arching all of that is the idea of the time plan and meeting a set of milestone moments and deadlines and there have been i think it's true to say so many unknowns along our our way that your role as a coordinator at times has 
been extraordinarily challenging, I would say, to try to resolve the issues in the room on that day, but then for you to also, and I've seen you do it, stare at your Gantt chart, which is huge, (laughs) uh, uh, look further down and work out that actually, unless something happens now or tomorrow, the problems are going to occur later on so you're like the time lord (laughs) constantly kind of uh, traveling back and forward up and down this gantt chart trying to keep everybody everybody together to achieve this shared vision but this is the challenging aspect but also it is the commitment of the partners that became important and the commitment starts when they understood that there is a process and they what happens in their field or in their activity or actions of which they are responsible affects what happens in other actions or in other tasks. So it, it is the challenging of this process, but it's also what builds up the group, you know, build up the responsibility of each behavior and also about uh, the responsibility of each action. Mm. Uh, sometimes the main problem of this project has been the not alignment of all the streams, flows of information, delaying some results and so on. And this helps also partners to push a little bit further their limits in terms of, you know, results to provide. And Mm. it has been very challenging, yeah, sure, but also amazing to see how people react when they understand that there is a big flow structures that should be followed in, followed in some way, you know. Also, the interdisciplinary of this project was a challenge because we are not talking about just three main domain of knowledge, that is the design, the manufacturing and the uh, R&D, but we are talking about different kind of people that are related to different kind of culture related to organizations. So, we are talking about a very huge amount of different perspectives, different sensibilities, different competencies, different expertise. And also, uh, all this happened and is happening in a field like textile industry that is made of many steps. And luckily, but also this was another big challenge, in the Trash to Cash project, it represented in a certain way the full supply chain of this industry because we have all the different competencies in, in our project. And so it means that we have different steps where you have to develop, you know, the, the materials, the fibers, the yarn, textile and so on. And there are these many steps, these many uh, action and uh, expertise and uh, competencies and you are working also with the three main processing technologies, not just one no. in this text. It but would have three. been enough. <laughs> yeah. It would have. Okay. Looking back now and seeing how many different levels of competency and, and, and disciplinary um, experts we have, you know, and the time frame and the whole idea of putting design up front and throughout the whole process, it, it, it might have been a better project or a simpler project for us to all deliver had we just focused on one technology yeah. um, but that's that that isn't what happened we've actually got three technologies yeah. yeah 
what do you think about the development in those technologies? How are they coming along? You know, are, there, are some of them going to be samples in your library, do you think? Some of the materials by the end of the project? I hope so, because the library is a tool to disseminate and also to exploit many technological results. And also the material connection library, it's in the last period, open the library, the, the submission of material also to what I call concept material. That is not commercially available materials, but materials that are in, uh, in an implementation phase, you know, from a technology perspective. Because in New York, they understand in headquarter that it's a very powerful way to develop and and finalize a materials or a technology from a company that have to use it. So, you know, it push. Yeah, so you get the feedback almost from the sector exactly. that are going to be using the materials yeah. eventually. So but you, for, yeah. you become more of a kind of conduit for knowledge yeah. between the partners rather than a, just a library sh- showcasing exactly. finished work. Exactly. You're actually able to take this new role. Yeah, because sometimes for the company and user companies, it's really important to not have a closed solution, you know, but more an open technology in order to not customize, but create the right material solution for them in some way. Mm. So I'm, I would be very happy if some of these materials will be in the, our library, and I think they will be in our library, some of them. Just going back to facilitation and this whole process and the complexity, we're just getting a little bit of a sense of the complexity and your role within managing all the different partners and expectations and timeframes, which sort of brings me to a question really about facilitation. It's a a real sort of skill to be able to manage a process, to be in the room and manage lots of different people and lots of different questions. Do you think that we could do a project which is in this sort of collaborative way without having a facilitator? No, I don't think so. I mean, no, really. Not in, I don't think no, so. No, no. It's just you just can't work without somebody yeah. else bringing you along, can, yeah. can you? Yeah, yeah, because, of course, each partner each partners in the pro- each person, let's say, in the project, because when you, we talk about partners, we are thinking to a huge, maybe, institution or company, but we talk also about people mm. that are involved in action and activities. Mm. They have expertise in the... They clearly know what they have to do, what they have to deliver, and everything. But this is not enough. When you work in an interdisciplinary project, the knowledge sharing is very important. The collaboration, interaction, let's say, between this person and competence is the main value in this kind of project because what you the real results is also obtained through this knowledge sharing in some way. Yeah, that's brilliant. The, the real knowledge is obtained through that knowledge sharing. Exactly. So it's knowledge sharing doesn't happen automatically no. or easily. Actually, you have to tease the knowledge out. You have to show people, give them a way to share. Yeah. Uh, it's You can't just have people turn up and say, right, now you share. You yeah, know, no. oh, now you. Because actually what you get is a series of little lectures that 
in in a way are, are not reflective in the right way or are not sharing in the right way or are not addressing qu- quite the right question for the needs and so you need this curator you need exactly. this this circus master <laughs> yeah exactly something like a cultural liaison mm-hmm. but the culture uh, is not related to social cultural difference you know when i speak about uh, cultural mm-hmm. liaison but uh, mainly difference based on uh, domain of knowledge i mean uh, because People uh, talk about their knowledge, considering their background and their other peer, let's say. But in this kind of interdisciplinary project, where there are totally different worlds, mm. also uh, if there are experts, you know, uh, in uh, LCA rather than in other, it's quite. It could be quite difficult that they are able to talk and understand each other. For example, you know better than me that one of the main problems that we had at the beginning of the project was to understand that huge amount of fibers for the R&D people was few grams. Mm. Uh, huge amount or enough amount for design, uh, for um, manufacturers was, were kilos yeah. of that fibers. Yeah. And understandable quantity of material for the designer was a textile yeah. that required, you know, enough material. Finished bolts of cloth yeah, that we exactly. could play with. Yeah, so, so you the, have these all problems. these people use mm. the same word, amount, huge amount of materials, but in every field, these words mean something totally different because yeah. a huge amount of fibers also for the designer don't say nothing because they need, you know, touch a textile rather than just staple fiber, because staple fiber can say something about technical data if you analyze them, but not in terms of the feeling, the hands of the textile and so on. So oh, this yeah. is just a simple example of how a specific word that have yeah. a very clear meaning can change in different uh, competencies or culture you know absolutely so we've already talked about the differences in time frames you know when people expect to deliver and how long something takes to do uh, and then we've also noticed that quantities the idea of, of of quantities and amounts needed to experiment are very different for each sector as well so we've kind of in a way the the process we've been going through which is uh, a research method we develop live as it happens in order to try to come up with a model or um, the definition around what we call DDMI, Design Driven Material Innovation. And what we're discovering um, is that there are many aspects and values and differentials around what constitutes this idea of design driven material innovation. Can you tell us a little bit about what DDMI means to you <laughs> and uh, what you think it is in the project? From my perspective, the design-driven material innovation is the process in which design, how I said before, could be involved in the first stage of the development of a new materials. So in the R&D activities, in order to provide inputs that can, in, in a certain way, steer or drive the development of that material solution. Sometimes it happens that R&D people take decision because they think that direction is good for the R&D activity. 
but it doesn't mean that it's good for the final results in terms of product that, that will go on the market, mm. you know. So the capability of design to envision in some way or to collect different input and bring them in a coherent vision can help during the activities. Studies show that there is a deep innovation gap mm. between the effort in the R&D of a lot of companies and the results that arrive to the market. Sometimes require 15 years to an innovation, technology innovation, to arrive in the market. Mm. So the idea of the European Commission behind the coal, to which is related to the uh, trash-to-cash project, is to use this design ability in order to reduce this time to make the knowledge sharing in a different way in order to define the materials, you know, considering different kind of aspects, not just social cultural aspect, trend aspect, but also business potentials, also consumer barriers and so on. Information and inputs that can be useful to the development of a material or technology. So this is the main idea behind design-driven material innovation. We're getting to these six master cases which we're going to show in Dutch Design Week. Have we been successful? I think yes. The success is not just related to master cases or just to the processing technology that for sure push further their status in some way with thanks to Trash to Cash project. The success is related to what we have done. Mm. I mean what we are talking about, how, we've done it. how we have done it, mm. uh, because it's generated a lot of stress in each of us in different steps of the process. And I think that kind of stress push further our limits and our need of understand, mm. you know, what the other is asking for. So now all partners, I think, involved in this experience will understand what was the main aim of this project in some way. What happens in the room whenever we have a workshop mm -hmm. where we have two full days together and people are working really hard to understand each other, yeah. to connect up their results, yeah. to co-create yeah. something which they've never done before, that thing doesn't exist, it's quite future-focused anyway, you know. It's that challenge of the meeting of the minds. It's surprising me a lot, the commitment of the R&D. At the beginning, we had the sensation that the R&D stream works in their lab, you know, and they was going ahead with their research. But indeed, they put a lot of commitment in order to provide what we're asking for in some way. So to us, it seems a very, to not scientific people, something, you know, Okay, I'm asking for that. You, you, it's easy for you to provide them. No, it means that they have to test and they have to, you know, push further their knowledge about the processing technology that they're using and so on. So it was, I think it's successful what we create in terms of way of collaborate and also all the different processing technology, the manufacturer also and the master cases. It's totally different from the beginning of the projects, what mm. we have now in our hands, mm. and full of potentials mm. from all different perspectives. 
the future mainly of the textile industry is the interdisciplinary. Yeah. We made in these days several uh, panel discussions around tables about this topic, also considering the um, uh, circular economy package approved by uh, European Parliament in mm. the last days that uh, say that uh, within the 2025, all the member states should start to differentiate the waste textile in order to create new way of waste management of this, you know, waste. So it means what will do the companies or the uh, what will be the next feedstock, you know, the next generation of feedstock of, of the fibers, because we are not talking about just upcycling of textile, we are talking about several technologies that are able to regenerate the fiber. So some companies want to go ahead with uh, improve the fibers in order to reduce chemicals, this and that, monomaterial products and so on. That's a good way. Some others are investing in the regeneration because the, f the final issue is that different from the American culture. For us, it's not just important the footprint. For us, it's important the waste. Not just because it's a problem, but because it's a value. Yeah. A garment has a huge value because it requires a lot of energy, mm -hmm. a lot of treatments, a lot of finishing from the production of the raw materials until the production of the fibers, the yarns, the textile. You know, these all steps require energy and this creation of value at the end is a product that you buy at 5 euros or 10 euros mm -hmm. or 200 euros, it depends. But you can use for not a long time. And so what we have to do with that value? Yeah, so that's our third kind of um, point of difference or alignment really is around value and, and what value means to the different partners. But what you're talking about is super interesting because the circular economy package really is going to help to define and um, streamline these new waste streams which will then actually make it clearer for the R&D and the technology developments to come into play to actually reprocess and work with those waste streams more accurately in a, in a more focused manner. Yeah. If you imagine at the moment it's all very very mixed waste yeah. it's not getting sorted into streams it makes the processing super tricky so if we're going to have these defined streams and we're going to have technology developing new materials from them, it means that something like the DDMI method that we've been developing could be super relevant and, and needed. It could be that in order to economically drive these new materials right through to market, yeah. you'd need DDMI to be designing the right kind of stuff and those new materials to be performing in the right kind of ways to suit the needs of the people in the future. Yeah. So how... Do you think our model is going to look? Are we going to be able to put a DDMI model out there that's going to be able to be picked up and used by these other stakeholders in the future? Are we going to be able to have a shape to something that has this complexity boiled down into a simple formula mm -hmm. that other people can work with? Yeah, I think that for sure we have to consider it as a body of knowledge. Of course, 
a so complex theme and it's a complex topic, mainly in the textile industry. I want to highlight this because it's a very specific industry. So DDMI is not just a formula or, you know, a recipe that everyone can act and do something because they have to reshape it in their own organization or in their own industry or field, you know. Mm. But I think we can be able to produce a general approach to this that then required maybe an in-deep investigation. So also all the research, the papers from the design researchers also provided. Uh, it's a body of knowledge that needs to be repeated, optimized and finalized. I think it's possible to design a model. Of course, it will be a general model. Design culture produce and produced different kind of models, you know. In some cases, it was more, let's say, the design thinking area where there was a specific process, a specific approach related to competencies or the attitude of the person. Nowadays, is a more oriented to a practical process, you know. Also, the last method defined by Google, let's say, in design culture, it's more focused, let's say. It's overly more simplified. Always. Oversimplified, of mm. course. But it doesn't mean that it's simple. It just means that create a knowledge that is quickly understandable. Then, under that simplification, there are a world. Your you own know? world of complexity. Yeah, exactly. You bring you and your own particular yeah. stakeholder group into yeah. those subheadings yeah. and uh, almost sort of put in your own factors yeah. under each of those subheadings. So I hope uh, that at the end of the day, the partners, but also the people that will read what we produce, will understand that the main factor is not the design-driven material innovation methodology, but the interdisciplinary mm. approach, practice. yeah, practice. Mm, this is the winning stuff. It's not the yeah. design, the leading of design of the, you know, development of any technology or any material uh, innovation. Is really the interdisciplinary. It is a practice that is required in different fields. So this is yeah, my I agree vision. With you. I yeah. think that the takeaway, the big takeaways are the skills, the techniques, the ideas, the, the sensitivities to working in a super interdisciplinary, transdisciplinary yeah. context moving yeah. forward now. When I start the project, for example, I had a totally different vision about this topic. Mm. I thought it was a normal development of materials, you know, with using creativity in order to have uh, added value materials, added value, creative products and so on. But indeed, in the textile industry, totally different. And also working with R&D in the field of fibers, you have to really understand what their limitation, what they are, uh, you know, the, the challenging. Because I know that we ask a lot mm. to our R&D people in, uh, in some way. And it has been very difficult to, not difficult, challenging, to talk really each other 
sometimes, you know, because also the R&D, there are different steps, there are different elements that should be taken into account. But, you know, we are talking about processing that also uh, won the Global Change Award of H&M Foundation this year, the, re and the, uh, the, the uh, repolymerization of IVF and uh, Swearia's uh, work, yeah. Swearia works, and uh, uh, the year before, or two years before, not the year before. The year before it was yeah, um, VTT, VTT and also CAM mm. with the Onsalef process. Mm. So mm. we are talking about technologies that have potentials that uh, are interesting and so on, and have a lot of challenging inside itself. So put this technology in a challenging, you know, activities has been a very powerful initiative let's say mm. yeah so for you personally christian what what is the the bit of the trash to cash project that you would like to take forward into your next move or job or or a focus what would be the big takeaway for you the big takeaway is to what i learn in terms of uh, management of innovation process in relation with so many personal competencies and if I would start today again the trash to cash project I will change different stuff I mean but keeping the same person because I learn a lot how to say uh, not just in terms of language, in terms of how make possible that what is saying by a person is understandable from another one, but also in terms of how in a big flow, you know, and exchange of information, it's possible to keep also the big view related to the innovation process. Because it's not just that people talk each other and they understand each other, it's also to follow you know, a process of innovation. This is the big knowledge and expertise that I bring from trash to cash. The, uh, and also, yeah, the, um, the different way with which you have to talk with uh, different competencies. Sometimes you have to be more open with some competencies and in some cases you have to be very clear and focused and specific, and specific with other ones. Yeah. Because otherwise, issues are more uh, simple to be generated, you know. And if you overlap this way of uh, management, it's a really mess. Mm. So I learn also this stuff mm. during the uh, trash to cash experience. It has been very powerful from my side and this is the big knowledge that I bring also the importance of visualization stuff you know mm. to uh, tell people what will be the process next steps because at the beginning for me was quite clear but also yeah. just to me just to you honey yeah, exactly. <laughs> no and when people uh, start to say okay but what is happening I don't understand why we meet you know so to work in this way, then I realized that, okay, I have to explain that in some way. We've and all learned yeah. that, haven't we? We really have to explain things clearly and it doesn't hurt to say it twice, if not three times, and it's not patronizing, it's simply just sort of to make sure that we are explaining ourselves yeah. because we think that, that we are. Yeah. But we are in our own field, you know, yeah. and, and this is, it has been a whole different 
project. Trish Tukesh is a not real environment in some way because it doesn't happen in the real life, professional life, to have this huge amount of competence, this huge amount of persons and tasks and actions and so on. But it seems that is more powerful than the real, you know, life. Because it's something like in a lab in which you have all the ingredients and with all these people you have to create something. So it's an extraordinary experience in terms that is not ordinary. And this extraordinarity provide a lot of knowledge and insight. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a, like the super project, the super version of DDMI, really sort of so vast and extraordinary in the range of experts that we have. You can't replicate this or see it as a normal part of a working business or environment. It It's not. It's created as a superficial lab space for... Yeah. ultimate inter and trans and cross-disciplinary yes. conversation and action and you know yeah you're not going to get that anywhere else yeah. but out of it when we boil it down when we extract the essential ingredients we've got something i think incredibly useful that can be then applied in real context yeah and exactly they can look at this body of knowledge and our subsections and our categories, and they can say, yeah, that's the bit we're actually working on now and we're struggling, and oh, look, they had that struggle too, and that's how they over overcame it. So our extraordinary super lab results <laughs> yeah, can exactly. maybe be useful aspirins and paracetamols <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> ultimately elsewhere. But um, so let's just forward to the very end of the project. And we're going to be at Dutch Design Week at the end of October this year. What does success look like? What's the best possible day that we're going to have at Dutch Design Week? What does it look like? How are the presentations? You know, what, what, what would make you sleep well at the end of the project? Oh, I think prototypes. I trust a lot on that. And what we build all around these technologies, you know, mm. we collect more than 100 materials prototypes, trash to cash material prototypes, more than 100. At the end of the project, we will have a huge amount of trash to cash materials because the R&D provides a lot of different kinds of fibers, different generation of fibers, uh, different generation of textile. We have yarns and so on. So it will be... I I hope we will be able to, you know, present this big output of trash to cash because if we really focus on each of the different results, each of them is valuable. You yeah. Know? The uh, the definition of the business model around the master cases, the brand DNA that I love a lot, the R and D, really the results that we obtain also, no, the knowledge related to the uh, regeneration of the fibers and so on, everything is worth to be communicated in yeah. some way. So you walk into this room and you can clearly see these six master cases, and you can walk up to one and you can see. A range of materials that relate to this final product or piece you can understand what it is and maybe the waste that's been used to, to make it but you can also see the research around the business case that supports 
the prototype and its life cycle assessment story and data. And you can also see maybe in a more embedded sense, the brand's DNA that has been evolved to present this new material. So these are truly trash turned into potential cash. They are waste taken and turned into products and prototypes that have a commercial economic viability. That's the the sort of the golden holy grail we're aiming for here. I hope that there will be investor in uh, uh, Dash Design Week that will see these amazing results and they will start to invest money in some of the, you know, R&D, processing technology and uh, what we obtain from this amazing experience. So it will be a a nice journey that day. Also because we will have one month, no, one week. Yeah, 10 days. 10 days. 10 days, no, one sure. month. <laughs> I think days. the room, yeah, there needs to be those investors, absolutely. We'll have to look through our phone books and see who, <laughs> who can come. But also the general public coming by and understanding that the EU is funding this incredible multidisciplinary uh, research work and uh, making, you know, European waste into something valuable, which is a sort of special kind of magic and alchemy almost to the general public, I think. And Don't the forget room. the faces of the people involved in the project. I hope to see a panel with all these faces, you know? Yeah, with maybe. All these comforts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say something similar, which is also in this room. You've got, so you've got the general public enjoying themselves and learning a lot. And then you have the, the investors there getting excited about, you know, new businesses. But then maybe you've got in the corner scientists hanging out with designers, with the LCA gang, and everybody's talking and they're coming up with ideas and they're, you know, enjoying the last workshop yeah. together because it's been an incredible project for building bridges and making friends and relationships and, and, and just getting a sense of deep and challenging collaborations and, and getting it to work at the end of the yeah. day, which is in a huge part down to our facilitator, mm. Christian Tobito, just being in the room and managing this rowdy rabble <laughs> in, into a research pathway that makes sense. So thanks for our interview today, Christian. Thanks, thanks to you, Becky. Uh, for your brilliant work on the project. Thanks very much, Becky. Thanks. All right. Over and out. The Trash to Cash project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under grant agreement number 646226.